is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For part two with Chris Kukul, we continue the conversation on Beetlejuice and how less is more. So I hope you enjoy this part two conversation with Chris Kukul. What was that? What was the cutting session like at Alex's apartment? Was that many hours? What were the conversations? Oh, it, was very, it was very dark. It was very dark. Yeah. Was it just a? Was it just a? You know, no ego. This got to go. That's got to go. This got to go. That's. Yeah, 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 yeah. Essentially. Yeah, yeah. Do yeah. you have mentors, or have you had mentors? Absolutely. Um, I had. Um, there, there are like three biggies. Um, I. I had a teacher in college who um, was actually a music performance teacher. He was also a composer. His name was David Bucknam. He has since passed away, but he was, um, he, he taught me what storytelling, how an actor uses a, a song for storytelling. Um, mm -hmm. So I really, through him, understood what the, the, what, what makes a musical tick and how, um, how you act a song. And I, there are a lot of people who use that terminology about, you know, acting in a song or whatever, and they don't, they, they talk about generalities of emotion. Mm -hmm. um, and he really understood that storytelling is specificity and it's beats and it's um, really the, the basics. And it's the same if you're sing, writing a song, singing a song, or if you're making a, a sci-fi movie, whatever mm -hmm. it is, storytelling is storytelling. Um, yeah. So he, he was hugely influential. And then um, I started my music direction career with a woman named Elizabeth Suedos, who was a composer, director, writer. Um, really, she did kind of everything. Um, and she was, uh, she came about in the 1960s and 70s in New York and was like a, um, a huge part of the avant-garde downtown theater scene. She was a protege of Joe Papp, who started the public theater. Um, the public theater did a lot of her musicals, one of them called Runaways that moved to Broadway. Um, and so I worked with her from uh, 2000 until she passed away in 2015, 2014, sorry. Um, so, and I really learned, so she, uh, she would she was very prolific and was writing all the time but she um would write uh minimalistically she would write uh chords and melodies um and then i would just do everything else so through her i <laughs> but out of necessity i learned how to be an arranger and an orchestrator and a music director and um because i just uh, had to um and and she was very good at telling me what was bad <laughs> um, and also encouraging me to be as creative as possible. Um, so uh, I, I really owe my career now to, to everything that I learned to, to working with her. Um, so yeah, those are the two, those are the two, those are the two main influences. And yeah. that's been a pretty recent project for you as well. Uh, Liz Suedos project. Well, so after she passed away, we, uh, two years ago, we made an uh, sort of anthology album of uh, kind of just selections from her, her, her wild career. Mm. Um, and there's a gener, she taught at NYU for a long time and there's a generation of um, actors who have their, like one foot in downtown New York 
Ars Nova, The Public, La Mama, all those theaters that that have, you know, now influenced Broadway, you know, all of the um, the uh, the people, mainly the the entire cast of Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet and Oklahoma and Hadestown, all of those people have ties with Liz. Um, and so we gathered a lot of them and made this album um, that we did with Ghostlight Records to about two years ago, um, maybe about a year ago it came out. I think it's called The Liz Suedos Project. And it's the second, they did an album called The Jonathan Larson Project. Um, and then they did The Liz Suedos Project and then The Michael Friedman Project. And they were all composers, theater composers who have passed away. Um, and it, it's exploring works that weren't recorded while they were alive. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm really proud of that album. I, I really think it, uh, we got amazing performances out of, uh, huge variety of people um amber gray damon dono ali stroker like the the coolest most amazing people performing today all sang on it plus we had a bunch of composers sing on it like michael r jackson and dave malloy and grace mclean and shana taub all of those people were also protégés of liz's so they all her influence like really spans the gamut of who's working today, the next generation. And so um, hearing them as singers interpreting her stuff is, was a really cool experience. So it's a cool, it's, it's a really cool album. Yeah. And I'm yeah. definitely going to put links to it in the bio so people can hear this because they got to hear it. They have to hear all of it. Um, communicating. How have you gotten better at communicating? Um, it's the, the most crucial skill. First of all, yeah. Um, and I will two two things that I will say is one that I think um, my background as as a theater major in college is a gives me a huge advantage working with actors because I'm able to speak their language in a way that if I had only studied music, maybe I wouldn't be as able. Mm. Um, but I, that's like a, a huge, um, a huge thing I'm grateful for, for my, for my history. And then choosing to work in theater with actors. Um, uh, but then also being able to speak a musical language with musicians and ride the, the two lines. Yeah. Um, that's number one. The second thing is that Alex Timbers has taught me um, the power of positivity. And uh, <laughs> he, he's an amazing, he's an amazing director, obviously. Um, but he's also an amazing manager and, um, he knows how to get the best out of people. And he's always positive. Even when he's delivering terrible news, he's mm. able to spin it. And you like, are like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll do it. And it like always brings the best out, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. and I, I've, he's never, there are directors who approach things negatively and they are also able to get great results. Um, but I've learned through him that it's a much easier and uh, joyful path to, to do it that way. Um, sure. uh, yeah, positivity is an, is an amazing thing. And it doesn't mean like, it, it doesn't even mean being phony. It doesn't mean being smiley. It doesn't mean that. It just means that like, there is always a positive angle of something. And it's true. You're not lying. You're not candy coating. It, it, that has nothing to do with it. It's about finding a way to view it through a different lens. Hmm. And you've touched on this a little bit in answering the communicating question. Um, how have you gotten better at listening? 
Has there been any key moments or ways in which you listen to the way people are speaking or is it more <laughs> body language? Um, it's hard. You know, listening is hard because when you're listening, your mind is working and you're thinking about <laughs> either what you're going to say next or what that person is saying, um, what they're actually saying. Right. It's, listening is it's a skill. It's, it's true. It's a great question because it... Um, People don't think think about it that often, mm. that it's just as active as speaking. Mm. Um, in answer to your question, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm good or bad at it. I don't know if I've gotten better at it. I think I've gotten better at it. Um, but I think it's just being conscious of it and knowing that you have to really, um, really do it. Yeah, <laughs> really no. Listen. I mean, yeah, because I can't possibly get an answer back to you unless I hear and listen and internalize. So, yeah. yeah. Um, For sure. During this time, it's been a crazy time. It's very exciting. You know, Beetlejuice coming back in April. Um, yep. How have you increased positive positivity and decreased negativity during this time? I'm fortunate because I have um, family who lives a lot, in lots of different places. So I was able to kind of travel around and be out of New York and fill my time, especially in like the darkest days when in last last summer. Um, sure. And then once once we got into this year, we we um, we did Beetlejuice in Korea, so we were there for three and a half months, starting in the we were April, May, June, part of July. Um, and so the lead up, we started the lead up to that in January. So it was nice to have a, a big project that was exciting and fun and. Um, so that helped. And then coming back from Korea, um, things had started to, to get going again and, um, easier to, to get back in the groove and feel like life was happening. Hmm. Yeah. You know? Do you have, do you have any favorite failures or apparent failures that set you up for success? Um, failures meaning opportunities uh, like, that might not have happened, you know, a window shut a door open. Uh, yeah. I mean, there was definitely a job that I was, <laughs> I'm not going to say I was fired from it, but I was actively not rehired. <laughs> um, okay. and, um, because of that, I was able to do, um, I was able to do Beetlejuice. So it, mm. it all worked out. Fine, and I was a little upset about the other thing in, in, at a moment, but um, but yeah, I think things do t tend to even out on some. Yeah, level. well, no, and I think it's so interesting too because you know there's there's some, some one particular item that you know I might want so badly and I don't get it, and as a result, yeah. something else comes along that happens to be better than I could yeah. have even ima even imagine. So yeah, for um, sure. What yeah. are you looking towards? as time goes on and as theater reopens, what are you most excited about? Well, I'm most excited to uh, be, I mean, I've been in the theater seeing things. I, obviously in Korea, we were in a theater with audiences. Um, Korean audiences aren't as vocal and energetic as American audiences. Okay. Um, so I, I am excited to, I, I mean, I have to say that when the thing about Beetlejuice is that the audiences were absolutely bonkers. I mean, they would be, the moment they would enter the theater, they were so amped up 
and so excited. And for two hours, they were just screaming with joy. And all of us that worked on the show would also have that experience every single night. So wow. I am really excited to be able to be standing in front of an orchestra with a bunch of people behind me screaming with laughter. And uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I, absolutely I, I love can't it. wait. I know it's just, there's something about the collective joy of a a room of 2000, 3000, 4000 that just is so it's electrifying. It's true. And there aren't a lot of shows, you know, there are a lot of shows that people love, but it's a different kind of energy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's that Beetlejuice is because it's a little raunchy and the humor is so out there that it it encourages a kind of like boisterous laughter, um, which makes the energy like like a party a little bit, you know, that you might not get it to kill a mockingbird, even though you love to kill a mockingbird. It's a different kind of energy. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 That's well said. Very well said. Um, metaphorically speaking, if you could put a word or a phrase on a billboard for millions of people to see, does anything Uh come to mind? Well, I will say one thing. I have a little, um, plastic, um, like, um, not a sculpture. I don't know what you call it. A little, like a desk thing. And it, it says less is more. And it's always, I have it on my bookshelf. And whenever I'm working, I always am looking at it because it is the, because always with music and with art, we are always doing more than we need to. And it's always about peeling away the the truth of something and finding the simple kernel of what it actually is. Yeah. Um, and it's such a silly, simple phrase, um, but it's so important. You I know. Yeah. I couldn't agree more with that. And what's so funny yeah. is so much, so much more comes at such a higher quality when you cut it down yeah. to less because you're getting yeah. to the core of whatever it is you're working Always. towards. Always. This yeah. conversation, I love it. This has been a fantastic chat. I really appreciate you taking this time. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap this bad boy up? <laughs> um, I don't think so. Okay, uh, you know, everybody, everybody come back to Broadway. Oh my goodness. I'm there. I know. I know so many more people are coming back and this has just been fantastic, Chris. I really appreciate you taking the time. For sure. Anytime. Anytime. Beautiful friends, Chris Kukul. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another Curiosity Conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening. 